Section 1 of Dear Mabel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rob Conkle. Dear Mabel, Love Letters of a Rookie by Edward Streeter. Dear Mabel, I guess you thought I was dead. You'll never know how near you was to write. We got the tents up at last, though, so I got a minute to write. I guess they chose these camps by mail order. The only place they're flat is on the map. Where our tents is would make a good place for a Rocky Mountain goat if he didn't break his neck. The first day the captain came out and says, Pitch your tents here. Then he went to look for someone else quick before anybody could ask him how. I wish I was a captain. I guess he thought we were Alpine chasers. Eh, Mabel? But you probably don't know what those are. Honest, Mabel, if I'd put in the work I'd done last week on the Panama Canal, it would have been working long before it was. Of course, there was a lot of fellows there with me, but it seemed like all they did was stand around and hand me shovels when I wore them out. The captain appreciates me, though. The other day he watched me work a while, and then he says, Smith, he calls me Smith now, we've got very friendly since I've been nice to him. I noticed none of the other fellows had much to say to him. I kind of felt sorry for him. He's a human being, even if he is a Captain Mabel. So every time I saw him, I used to stop him and talk to him. Democratic. That's me all over, Mabel. Smith, he says, if they was all like you round here, war would be hell. No joke. By which he meant that we would make it hot for the Boshes. I've been feeling awful sorry for you, Mabel. What with missing me and your father's liver gone back on him again, things must have been awful lonesome for you. It isn't as if you was a girl what had a lot of fellows hanging around all the time. Not that you couldn't have them, Mabel. But you don't, and there's no use making no bones about it. If it hadn't been for me, I guess things would have been pretty stupid, though I don't begrudge you a cent. You know how I am with my money. I guess you ought to know anyway, Aunt Mabel. Never talk of money matters in connection with a woman. That's me all over. Now I got started and found a fountain pen at the YMCA, giving away paper like it does, I'm going to write you regular. They say they are going to charge three cents for a letter pretty soon. That ain't going to stop me, though, Mabel. There ain't no power in heaven or earth, as the poets say, as can come between you and me, Mabel. You might send a few three-cent stamps when you write. That is, if your father's able to work yet. And willin', I should add. Of course it ain't nothing to me, but I'd keep these letters what you get from me as a record of the war. Some day you can read them to your grandchildren and say, Your grandfather Bill did all these things. Ain't I the worst, Mabel? Serious, though, I haven't found none so far what has thought of doing this except the newspapers. I guess I'll get a lot of inside stuff that they'll never see. So this may be the only one of its kind, but it doesn't matter to me what you do with them, Mabel. Later I'll tell you all about everything, but I guess you won't understand much because it's technical. Lots of fellows are getting knitted things and candy and stuff right along. Don't pay no attention to that, though, or... Take it for a hint, cause it ain't. I just say it as a matter of record. Independent, if nothing. That's me all over. Yours till the war ends, Bill. Dear Mabel, Having nothing better to do, I take up my pen to write. We have been here now three weeks. As far as I'm concerned, I'm all ready to go. I told the captain that I was ready any time. He said yes, but that we'd have to wait for the slow ones, cause they was all going together. I says was I to go out to drill with the rest. He says yes, more for the example than anything else. It's kind of maddening to be hanging around here when I might be over there helping the Sammies put a stop to this thing. In the meantime, I've been doing some guard duty. Seems like I've been doing it every night, but I know what they're up against and I don't say nothing. Guard duty is something like 
extemporaneous speaking. You got to know everything you're going to say before you start. It's very technical. For instance, you walk a post, but there ain't no post. And you mount guard, but you don't really mount nothing. And you turn out the guard, but you don't really turn them out. They come out themselves. Just the other night, I was walking along thinking of you, Mabel, and my feet, which was hurting. It made me awful lonesome. An officer come up and he says, Why don't you draw your pistol when you hear someone coming? And I says, I don't wait till the sheep is stole. I drew it this afternoon from the supply sergeant. And I showed it to him, tucked inside my shirt, where none could get it away from me without some tussle. You bet, Mabel. But it seems that you gotta keep on drawing it all the time. Then later I hear footsteps. I was expecting the relief, so I was right on the job. And a man come up and I poked my pistol right in his face and says, Halt! Who goes there? And he says, Officer of the Day. And being disappointed as who wouldn't it be, I says, Oh, hell, I thought it was the relief. And he objected to that. The relief, Mabel, but what's the use? You wanna understand it. There's some mistake up north, Mabel, about the way we're built, Mabel. It's kind of depressing to think that you could forget about us so quick. Everyone's getting sweaters without sleeves and gloves without fingers. We still got everything we started with, Mabel. Why not socks without feet and pants without legs? If you're making these things for after the war, I think you're anticipating a little. Besides, it's depressing for the fellows to be reminded all the time. It's like giving a fellow a life membership to the old soldier's home to cheer him up when he sails. I was saying the other day that if the fellows at Washington ever get on to this, they'll be issuing soulless shoes and shirtless sleeves. It's getting awful cold. No wonder this is a healthy place. All the germs is froze. I guess their idea of the hardening process is to freeze a fellow stiff. Captain said the other day we are getting intensive training. That's alright, but I'd kind of like to see those steam-heated barracks. You've read about those fellows that go swimming in the ice in winter? I guess they'd like our shower baths. They say cleanliness is next to godliness, Mabel. I say it's next to impossible. I started this letter almost a week ago. I just found it in my baking can. They call it a baking can, but it's too small to bake nothing. I keep my soap in it. I got some news for you. The regiment is to be dismantled. The captain called me over this morning and asked me where I'd like to be transferred. I said home if it was the same to him. So they're going to send me to the artillery. This is very dangerous and useful limb of the service, Mabel. I don't know my address. Just write me care of the general. I got the red muffler that your mother sent me. Give her my love just the same. Yours relentlessly, Bill. Dear Mabel, I haven't wrote for some time I had such sore feet lately. When they broke up our regiment and sent me over to the artillery, I thought I was going to quit using my feet. That was just another rumor. Thanks for the box of stuff you sent me. I guess the brakeman must have used it for a chair all the way. It was pretty well bailed, but that don't matter. And thanks for the fudge, too. That was fudge, wasn't it, Mabel? And the socks. They don't fit, but I can use them for something. A good soldier never throws nothing away. And thank your mother for the half pair of gloves she sent me. I put them away. Maybe sometime she'll get a chance to knit the other half. Or, if I ever get all my fingers shot off, they'll come in very handy. The artillery is a little different from the infantry. They make us work harder. At least there's more work on the schedule. I know now what they mean when they say the artillery is active on the western front. They got a drill over here called the standing gun drill. The name's misleading. I guess it was invented by a troop of Jap acrobatics. They make you get up and sit on the gun. Before you can get settled comfortable, they make you get down again. It looks like they didn't know just what they did want you to do. I don't like the sergeant. I don't like any sergeant, but this one particular. 
the first day out be kept sayin prepare to mount and then mount finally i went to him and told him that as far as i was concerned he could cut that stuff for i was always prepared to do what i was told even though it was the middle of the night he said fine then i was probably prepared to scrub pans all day sunday I don't care much for horses. I think they feels the same way about me. Most of them are so big that the only thing they're good for is the view of the camp you get when you climb up. They are what they call horse de combat in French. My horse died the other day. I guess it wasn't much effort for him. If it had been, he wouldn't have done it. They got a book they call Drill Regulations, Field and Light. That's about as sensible as it is all the way through. Francis, they say that when the command for action is given, one man jumps for the wheel and another sprints for the trail, and another leaps for the muzzle. I guess the fellow that wrote the regulations thought we was a bunch of grasshoppers. Well, I've got to quit now and write a bunch of other girls. Thanks again for the box, although it was busted that it wasn't much good, but that don't matter. Yours till you hear otherwise. Bill. End of section 1